Dr. Uh, Marianne, she just is amazing and um, just such a support. And the work that she's doing in Step by Step um, is just been amazing because there's so much sacrifice in this work. There's so much that has been poured into this work. There's so much, um, you know, intent that has been put in to make sure that something can be delivered at a quality level for all of our kids and communities near and far. So I just don't want to, you know, negate the opportunity to be able to um, edify her and the work that she does. The same person you see in these 15 minutes that is passionate about the program is the same person who assesses the kids, tutors, teaches teaches tutors, teachers, teachers, just all that's the same person, right? It's the same love and, and, and passion. And the thing that you mentioned at the beginning that you empower um, and, and encourage, I think is so powerful because I think it speaks to who you are as a person and that that's the part that people should connect to. And that's the part that people should realize needs the sponsoring and the support to continue this work in the world. So continue to do an amazing job. I um, stand for you and I just, you know, support you as much as, you know, as we can. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dyslexia Solutions podcast channel, where I interview parents of dyslexic children or teachers of dyslexic children. I also interview dyslexic adults, and sometimes I just share from my heart. Our purpose is threefold, to empower you with information, to encourage you that you're not alone, and we're always seeking sponsors to help keep our message forward. Dyslexia impacts one in five children, and it needs to be addressed now. Hi, I'm Dr. Marianne Sintron, founder of Step-by-Step Dyslexia Solutions. We are a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization, and I equip heroic teachers with an effective literacy program to remediate dyslexia so we can close the achievement gap, stop that school-to-prison pipeline, and prepare kids for success in school and in life. I'm also a published author of A Message of Hope, How Music Enhances Reading for Dyslexic Children. And I'm an app developer of the famous music and spelling app called Dunking Dyslexia. I have a question for you. How many of you regularly set goals? And how many of you often achieve those goals? Well, I want to share a story with you, just something that happened to me this morning. One of my new goals is to cut out white sugar and white flour, and uh, I want to have a healthier body. And I joined a boot camp to support me in this. But actually, I joined a reboot boot camp. And it wasn't until I was in the webinar, seeing all the people who already had submitted their stories, that I was realizing something was wrong. I realized I shouldn't have been in this group. Because what happened was I missed the boot camp. That was a prerequisite to the reboot boot camp. Hope you can follow that because it sounds kind of confusing. Well, it reminded me of when I went back to school after being a mom. I went back to school to, I guess, become a school psychologist. 
I wanted to help the kids, kids who were struggling with learning and they had some, you know, psychological issues. And one of my friends told me about the PPS program, school psychology program. But when I went into the program, I noticed that there were people coming to the class who had been teachers for years. They were bringing all their lesson plans, their strategies for behavior. And here I hadn't even been a teacher. So I knew I was in the wrong class. But what is the step I take to help these kids who are struggling with reading and learning? Well, one of my friends who is a marriage and family counselor recommended I join the graduate department for uh, psychology and be, a, be an MFCC, marriage and family counselor. And I love studying counseling. So I went into that course and already I was three weeks late and the director was so gracious to let me in because everybody had their cohorts already. And I, I don't know, I kind of felt like a misfit, but they really worked with me. And while I loved learning all this information about psychology, it wasn't until I was in um, a group with a mentor where I realized I really didn't like working with the mental health issues, uh, schizophrenia, bipolar disease. That, that really wasn't my, my passion. And when I spoke to my coach, I asked her, you know, what, what other direction is there for me to take? And she recommended, because my kids were young, why don't you go back to education and get your teaching credential because you'd have summers off with them. Well, that's funny, isn't it? As our summers are shrinking and everybody knows that teachers don't get summers off. We work half the summer preparing the plans for the next year. Anyway, so I did go into the credential program and um, it was kind of interesting because four of the courses I took in graduate psychology transferred to the credential program. So rather than start my student teaching uh, with, with no education under my belt, I was starting my student teaching with these four classes. So the school actually hired me, the, the district where I worked actually hired me on a backwards intern credential, if you could imagine that. The university worked with me. And so I was an intern. And um, so I came back to school and I had a lot of leadership skills already developed. I was very involved in my church, involved in my community. And I was chomping at the bit to teach children how to read. I started seeing bright students who just couldn't carry on. They could carry on great conversations, but they just couldn't read or write. That's when I started developing the passion to help the children, I didn't know they were dyslexic, but in hindsight, I knew, I know now that they were dyslexic. And it might have just been that they were second language learners with low vocabulary, but now I know they were also dyslexic. And I thought it was very interesting as a new teacher to, to experience this dynamic. So... I, uh, the first thing working against me was as an intern, there was no promise of getting put on a tenured track. And there was no promise that I would be back the next year because you never know if the funding was going to continue or not. 
But oh my gosh, I had so much enthusiasm and passion and vision. And the recon- the, the principal recognized this in me. And she was, you know, we, we hit it off right away. So it turned out this principal wanted to change the order of the classrooms around. Now imagine this is my first year and the principal really, God gave me favor with the principal and she was moving teachers around. She wanted the kinders by the kinders and the first grade teachers by the first grade teachers, second with the second graders and third grade and so on. So she gave me the classroom, which is a beautiful portable right in the center of the school campus. But it used to belong to a teacher who was a first grade teacher And she used to be the union president. And now she's retired, but she was very stiff-necked and very strong-willed and dominated the the camp and dominated the school site and was pretty dominant over the, the principal as well. So she had it out for me all year. And I tried my best to keep my happy face on. And I got along with so many of the teachers, but this one gal was real hard for me to get along with. And she made it hard for everybody to get along with her. So um, the students were wonderful, but what happened was I had to pull together my own curriculum, not realizing that it was tucked away in storage while the principal was moving everybody around. And it wasn't until the first day of ELD, I was teaching an ELD, which is English language developer class. It wasn't until that training day where I found out everybody had curriculum. And here all this time, I had been pulling together my own curriculum because you don't know what you don't know. So after I knew that there was curriculum I should have received, I didn't want to feel like a tattletale, but I went to the principal and actually I think she got yelled at a little bit because she didn't equip me properly. So that didn't sit right. But anyway, I found out where it was buried. And my journey, my first year of teaching was so challenging. But it just made me think about the feeling you get when you're at the wrong place at the wrong time and things just aren't going your way. In actuality, I knew God was preparing me for something down the road. And it made me think of my dyslexic children who were always struggling to get ahead. They weren't even at a C minus level. So they were not proficient. In fact, they were far below proficient in their reading. Yet they continued to get move ahead from first grade to second grade to third grade. My challenge really was about giving them realistic goals and be sure that, you know, we were properly teaching them to read. So we wanted them to read a certain number of words by the end of the first quarter And we wanted them comprehending within a certain timeline. But since we weren't taught, they weren't being taught with a specific curriculum, it was quite a challenge. So we have employed a multi-sensory based approach in our reading program. And we use structured literacy. Not the kids won't always achieve goals that they're that are set for them unless they are being taught with the multisensory reading program. This is so important. And while accommodations of having more time on a test, giving more time on exercises, 
maybe doing less problems once a concept is understood. Well, those are helpful, but the teachers need to be taught. I heard today on a TED Talks program that it's not the, the students that have learning disabilities, but the teachers have a teaching disability because they're not being taught how to teach dyslexics to read. So reach out to me. I have a program. It's called Step-by-Step Reading, and I use music to help kids read. I train parents, college kids, and I train teachers who want to get help. I use an Orton Gillingham approach, but the program I created was created with the dyslexic student in mind. So we're able to use music with an app I developed. It's called Dunking Dyslexia because I want to slam dunk dyslexia. You know, dyslexia is um, something that has been recognized as a gift to many people because dyslexic people are so creative and talented And a lot of the entrepreneurs who are self-made millionaires are dyslexic. So we're not calling it a disability. We're calling it a learning difference. And dyslexic people can be very successful in life. We just want to help these kids read so that they're at grade level reading by fourth grade. Because the research is showing that two-thirds of the kids not achieving grade level reading by fourth grade will be on welfare or be on Um, be in prison. And what's happening with that one third not falling into those categories? It's you, the parent, helping your child with dyslexia. So advocate for your child. Reach out to me on my website, dyslexia-solutions.com. I look forward to hearing from you too. And thanks for tuning in. If what I've shared has inspired you, consider making a donation on our website. Any amount will help. And be sure you like us and subscribe to the podcast. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening.